and welcome to the all-purpose nfl podcast i am a p he is willie trey wheeler it's been a while but we're back life change schedule change a lot of stuff is different now than when we had the podcast last time but we are back and we're gonna go ahead and get right into it because we have to talk about the wildest nfl offseason in like recorded history like this thing was so wild and so many things changed and so many people moved it was nba-esque i think the wildest thing for me was the amount of quarterbacks who were moved and how that impacted the league overall like russell wilson is now with denver carson wentz is with the commanders matt ryan is with the colts Deshaun Watson is with the Browns. We don't know where Baker is going. Contracts were wild. Oh, Devontae Adams got traded to the Raiders. Tom Brady retired and then came back because he's Tom Brady. <laughs> and then we, um, Tyreek Hill got traded. There weren't necessarily any. Oh, Von Miller got six years, 120 million. I we know that that won't actually happen, but still, Von Miller signed a contract that was technically worth six years, one hundred twenty million, and so there were a lot of just really interesting things that happened. The biggest thing for me to start off was the Jaguars and completely destroying the wide receiver market because. They signed Christian Kirk to a four-year, $72 million contract, which comes out to about $18 million a year. And it's Christian Kirk, who is a slot receiver, who, let's be honest, Christian Kirk was supposed to be the number two receiver on that team. No, no, he wasn't. Christian Kirk was supposed to be the number one receiver on that team. And then they went and got DeAndre Hopkins. And it was like, okay, you'll be the number two. And then he just, he ended up being number three behind Larry Fitzgerald. And that didn't, Fitz ended up not being on the team last year. And they brought in A.J. Moore, A.J. Green. And Christian Kirk fell behind an aging A.J. Green. And then they drafted Rondell Moore. And Christian Kirk was behind two other people. But for some reason, the Jaguar said, hey, that guy, he's worth $18 million a year. And because of that, it completely, completely destroyed the wide receiver market. As such, you had Devontae Adams got a five-year, $140 million contract with an average salary of, you know, $28 million. And then Tyreek Hill got a new contract after being traded to the Dolphins. And his contract is four years, $120 million, and it's worth $30 million a year. At a point where four years ago when Le'Veon Bell was at like actively asking for more money and he was asking to be played like a running back and a wide receiver and he was only asking for 17 and now we're in a place where you know the the wide receiver market jumped in the span of one offseason from the highest paid player being getting around 18 to 20 to 28 to 30 and that just blows my mind and it's all the Jaguars fault I don't want to move past that too readily because I think it should be said that this is all the Jaguars fault they did this it's their fault because they decided to spend 72 million dollars on Christian Kirk so Willie how do you feel about you know wide receivers and everything that kind of just got messed up so readily well you know i have a saying you know bear gonna bear cowboy is gonna cowboy jag's gonna jag jaguars doing jag things 
and you will see in uh in the mock draft later on of Jags jacking. Just a little little sneak peek, little little sneak peek right there. I'm not surprised the market went up because if you look everywhere, money's going up, average annual value going up. Somebody like Devontae was eventually going to get paid, was going to reset the market. Tyreek Hill, I'm not surprised. Granted, like you said, this is the Jaguars' fault. But am I surprised the Jaguars screwed something up? Come on. Come on. Well, I want I want to stop you for a second because there, there was this guy on TikTok who made this joke. The devil was talking to the Jags and a, an angel was talking to a to the Jags and the devil's like you want to pay everyone back for making fun of you all the time who's like what do you have in mind and the jet the devil's like why don't you screw everything up and change the game and the angel's like no don't do that we don't need this in our lives and the the jaguars like no we're gonna listen to that guy and it was intentional like in the I, I would not be surprised if Jaguars was like, hey, everybody made fun of us for Urban Meyer. How about this? Now y'all have to pay everyone more money. Like, I, I question whether or not they legitimately did this on purpose. I mean, well, we both had our own conspiracy theories about if Bill Belichick texted the wrong Brian on purpose. Oh, absolutely. So, so I wouldn't put it past the Jaguars. Uh, I'm definitely happy that. Tyreek got his money. I'm definitely happy that Devontae got his money. I'm happy for those guys. I'm happy for people to get paid. You know how I feel about that. And I don't blame Devontae. If, I, if I'm going to lose, why would I lose and be frozen to death? No. It, the Las Vegas Strip, which is highly recommended, AP. That's all I'm going to say on that. Highly recommended, brother. Um. Def, definitely can't blame him for going to Las Vegas. Yeah, and in going to Las Vegas, it was I'm going to go like play in Las Vegas where the weather is better, there are more things to do, and I get to actually have fun. But you're also going to play with your best friend because I'm pretty sure there were other teams that had they known they would have put in even bigger deals to get Devontae Adams. But it was very clear that, like, they'd been talking about it for a while. And, like, even before this season and understanding that there was going to – that this was actually a possibility and actually could happen, there was talk of if he makes it to free agency, he would go to the Raiders because he wanted to play with Derek Carr. And so, I mean, it makes sense why he would go there. Um, You brought up Tyreek, and – we talked about it previously, but I did want to like put it out there that I do think that one of the really interesting things about the Tyreek situation is we haven't seen players do what Tyreek did as quickly as he did, which mean you agree that what it looks like Tyreek did was get his money. And so when I say that, what I'm referring to is Tyreek at this point has a ring he has all pro he is for all intents and purposes unless something really different changes if he keeps on the current trajectory that he is on he's going to be a hall of famer at this point usually people are still focused very much on getting rings like oh well i've already won i'm in a great position I want to win as many titles as possible where Tyreek was like, I got a ring. I got my accolades. I want my money. And it's yes. not something that we readily associate with what happens, but it's true. I wholeheartedly feel like that man was like, no, I'm them rings and stuff. Don't matter. Give me my money. It only doesn't matter because he already got it. Like he's at, like you said, his, his legacy is pretty much kind of set. Uh, at the rate he's going, will it be a first ballot? Not likely. But he will probably get in. And that's 
that's dead on that. So, and like we've discussed um, in our personal conversations, I understand like, well, from what you told me, he's in a committed relationship. But I will say this, if he magically becomes single, he's he is on South Beach. Yeah. With a boatload of money. I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, but I, I think the, the interesting thing is we don't see this. That was so, what was so jarring about it. Like Tyreek made this decision at a point where 95% of people who are in his position are saying, I am in a position to win more titles. Titles are more important than money. I want to win. The biggest analogy I have is um, LeBron James. One of the things that I always felt like LeBron James did was he said, hey, I want to win as many titles as possible. So he took less money versus someone like Trevor Ariza, who got a ring early on in his career with the Lakers, and he became a hired gun. And so... Tyreek didn't necessarily become a hired gun, but at a point where his legacy, he could have continued to build on his legacy and win as much as possible, stay in that system with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and be the stud star wide receiver who's getting all the yards and all those things. He's still going to have success as a wide receiver, but he chose the money and I can't fault him for it. Like you have the ring you have the accolades go get your money it's just that we don't see that very often no we don't but it's also due to a lot of people have not been in his position not many has been in his position like what is this this will be what pat mahone's fifth season let's call it spade a spade he's already a hall of famer the hall of fame actually his resume was done after three years it was done Everything else is just adding on to it. Yeah, he may get another ring, may not. Who knows? But it's done. He's done. It's over. True. Um, I saw a post somewhere that said, if you broke Tom Brady's career up into the th- into three pieces, he he's had three Hall of Fame careers. He has. There, there's no there's no debate about it. Same thing with. Another reference is Kobe. You break down eight, you break down 24. Those are two different Hall of Fame careers. True. Very true. And oh, so- like Tom Brady's Tom Brady's done it. He's he he's done it. There's but it's rare you saw some like you rare you saw somebody with in the situation that Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill was in that early in your ter- your career, it's pretty much done. Like Russell Wilson was a different case because he was led, called spade spade by the defense. So it was it wasn't fully set in the way Pat Mahomes already was in year three, year four. It's done. So yeah, go get your money, Tyree. Live it up. Live it up, man. South Beach, I ain't mad at you. Yeah, and with all of that, the market has changed. And now you have the three biggest, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong for saying this, and I feel like I might be missing someone. You have A.J. Brown, Scary Terry, and Debo Samuel, all second-round receivers that are like, okay, we want to get paid now. And A.J. and Terry were like, we want to get paid, so we're going to sit out. No, Terry isn't sitting out. Terry is not sitting out because he's a captain. AJ is like, I'm sitting out. And then Debo was like, I'm sitting out. And then Debo was like, actually, no, I want to get traded. And what was more, Debo didn't try to hide it. Debo went directly to Jeff Darlington and was like, hey, I requested a trade just to let you know. I'm like, you know, usually we get like through sources. No, Debo was the source. And he went straight to ESPN and was like, hey, this was going down. So what are your thoughts on Debo? I love the fact that Debo killed the in-between noise to get rid of the middleman. And you go and you, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, like we always say, 
you don't want to, if you hear something that somebody said about you, go to the horse's mouth. You don't try to go off hearsay, anything of that nature. Debo cut out the middleman. I love it. Um, I love what he did. I understand why he's trying to get paid. His body is taking a lot of hits. We all know that. He had, I think he had, I think he averaged eight hits a game as a wide receiver, most in the league, of course, due to how the 49ers used him. And I don't blame him. Every hit he takes, that's a, that, that's closer to retirement. And he's trying to get paid. I don't blame him. And now you, you want to be traded because the 49ers ain't giving you what you want. Do like get me out of here? Where to? I don't really know, especially considering when it came out that you don't even want to be used as a wide back. We'll call it wide back. You want to be used strictly as a wide receiver, which to me kind of diminishes your value on what I would pay you because you're seems like you're pretty good at wide back. So I think the problem is he's good enough at wide receiver to get paid and he doesn't want to be a wide back because the back part of that lessens his money. Because, and I was listening to Bomani and Dominique talk about this the other day, the rigidity of positions and money in the NFL is still wild. Because think about it. There is a very serious cap on running back money. And what makes it worse is we don't want to pay you to play a position that is going to make your body get hit more. But we want to use you in the position that is going to make your body take the most hits. And so because you are that wide back, we are not going to pay. We don't, we're not going to pay you like a wide receiver, but we're also not going to pay you like a combination. So you're either going to get wide receiver money or you're going to get wide back money. But if we give you wide back money, we got to give you less because you're taking more hits. That's like, but that, that don't that don't make sense. It doesn't at all. It doesn't. But that's the reality that we're in. It does not make sense. It doesn't. Let's call it what it is. It doesn't make sense. It's bullseye. It's foul. Unfortunately, business is foul. That's why they always say take the personal feelings out of the business because in business, sometimes you got to do some foul things. Sometimes. And this is one of them. So I can't blame him for I can't blame him for what he's doing. But yeah, the way you just broke it down, it's foul. That's what it is. It, 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 it's not just it don't make sense. It's it's wrong. But and, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Willie. Um so Debo Samuel was a top. 10 rushing touchdown player in the 2021 season. He was tied with James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Josh Jacobs with eight rushing touchdowns. Yes. I'm not surprised. So yeah, like they 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 want to use him in that position, and like it's weird because the I think that one of the interesting points about it is they don't use him much differently than Kansas City used Tyree Hill. It's just the fact that they leaned on Debo as that running back, where Tyreek was just kind of an option that he could run over in the backfield real quick. And it's it's obvious, like we see what Tyreek could do, but it's 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 just it's weird. And I don't I feel bad for him because I I agree with you. He is in a position where he wants to be paid 
for what he does, but he also doesn't want to keep getting hit. And you can't blame the man for not wanting to get hit no more. Especially when we know the more you get hit, the less they're going to pay you. But they want to make sure they use you in the best position, and that best position is you getting hit. Yeah, he wants to be paid for what he's done. But then he wants to, but then that, that's the also thing about Debo. You want to be paid for what you have done, but then at the same time, you want to not do what the money that you're asking for commands. Which I mean, as a wide receiver in 2021, solely as a wide receiver, he still was really, really good. I mean, he had 77 receptions for 1,400 yards and six and six touchdowns. Like, he averaged 18.2 yards a, a catch. And he, he was targeted 121 times. So, like, he it's not like he can't be the wide receiver. He had 51 touchdowns. 51 first downs. And so, like, he can be just a wide receiver. Like, I feel like if you put Debo on Kansas City right now, he functions as a wide receiver and he has a great level of success. You put him on Jacksonville and just use him as a wide receiver, he's going to have success. It's just the fact that the scheme that Shanahan runs and Shanahan being like, ooh, he counts. I'm gonna use him both ways, and that's what the problem is. Yeah, I definitely agree. I hope there's a resolution to this because it's not looking good for anybody. I mean, either either he's gonna get traded or he's not, and does that lead to a holdout? Um, I don't want him to end up how Le'Veon did, and Le'Veon got some of his money, but then ended up on the Jets. So I don't think it would be that bad. I think that at the point that he holds out, they would go ahead and move him. I don't think that there's as much animosity against him that they would, like, do him dirty, which the Steelers kind of did Le'Veon dirty. And that was like that. There was more behind the scenes issues with that that led to it led to Le'Veon holding out the entire year I think that's the bigger issue I don't think that there's enough bad blood between Debo and the 49ers to where he, he's come out he said he wanted to get traded um he's still technically under contract so like I think he has the potential to get moved before um it got to a bad situation, but um, yeah, I think it'll, it will work itself out. I'm just, I am very interested to see how it works itself out because it is, it's another one of the things that is added to this wild off season. And now speaking of this wild off season, I want to change subjects. Well, not change subjects, but I want to move to Deshaun Watson and how Deshaun Watson changed the entirety of what was going on. So I think the key to the whole Deshaun Watson thing is once the criminal charges had been dropped, that opened the door for teams to be like, oh, no criminal charges are filed. We can talk to him. He's clear. He's clear. We don't got to worry about nothing else. We'll, we can push through these civil suits, and we just going to have us Deshaun Watson. So everybody was like, oh, yeah, let's start talking trade up for Deshaun Watson. This man got to go on recruiting trips. He got to decide where he wanted to go. And I'll be honest, it rubbed me the wrong way because it was like, yeah, but like he still got these 22 suits that, like, like we, we – he was doing inappropriate things, like things that we are not okay with people doing. But because it's not criminal, according to the law, 
we just gonna move on like nothing happened like and even with um when the browns came out i was like yeah we looked at it and we made the decision that we thought that it could be all right it was like y'all want to win like don't try and pull the wool over my eyes like i i know what you're doing here and so that part of it was really weird to me but what i really want to talk about was as soon as the criminal cases were dropped it shifted the tenor of the offseason like at that point things just shifted because now you had the biggest piece on the board available and you had nfc south teams vying for him um cleveland vibe for him there were so many teams that were like oh maybe we can get to sean watson maybe we can get to sean watson and to start he visited with cleveland talked to them and then he said he wasn't gonna go there there was another team i think was the seahawks that were in contention and he turned the, them down to and then it came down to the saints and the panthers yeah saints and panthers and all of this set off so many things in motion because at the point that the Browns were involved, Baker Mayfield was like, yo, um, I'm, I'm still here. Like, are y'all, y'all going to do this in my face? Like you're going to cheat on me and like tell everybody that you cheating on me. Like, that's what we're doing here. That's, that's what's going on. Matt Ryan was like, I've been here for like, the longest time ever like i took y'all to a super bowl like we just y'all just gonna like go after the new younger like what's going on here and even though it did it did not necessarily go in line it was very obvious that when the colts moved on from carson wentz it left a big hole and that was a place that like jimmy garoppolo and baker mayfield were talked about as possible places for him to go if they if he they had to be moved and we knew jimmy had to be moved we were considering what would happen if baker had to be moved um and so that changed and then when Deshaun made the decision to go to the Cleveland Browns, who offered him a fully guaranteed $235 million contract, which again, on the shadiness of this whole deal, Willie, I don't know if you know this or not, but the first year of his contract, he's only making $1 million in salary. Why do you ask? It offsets the amount of money that he will lose if he gets suspended by the NFL. But yeah, there's nothing shady about us, you know, making sure that we get this particular player on our team. So yeah, when Deshaun signed with the Browns, that meant that the Falcons were in a position where they were, um, they had pissed off Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan goes to the Colts. When Matt Ryan goes to the Colts, that means that the Colts are no longer looking at Jimmy Garoppolo and or Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield definitely has to leave now because Deshaun Watson is there. Carolina, who was very adamant about trying to get Deshaun Watson, now still has P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold on their team. And everyone's looking at, at it like Sam Darnold is definitely not the quarterback now. And so there's a possibility that they try and go and get a, a quarterback in the draft, but then you don't know what you have. And there's like talk about them possibly getting Baker. Robbie Anderson got on Instagram and commented on a picture about how he didn't want Baker. Like there are all these little things that have come because of Deshaun Watson making the decision to go to Cleveland. So what are your thoughts on the whole, like the Deshaun Watson piece of it, but also the long ranging effects? I'm going to sound real corny. It's elementary, my dear Watson. If you're going to trade, you know my philosophy, AP. If you're going to trade for a player, you got to do what you got to do to keep that player, make sure that player is taken care of. So the fact that they made here his salary was 
a certain amount to make sure he gets, he loses the least amount of money. I understand it. It's criminal, the criminal cases were non-existent. I'm not surprised. Trades happen. Now, yes, is this a big slap in the face to women? Yes, it is. It is. That's just what it is. And unfortunately, you know, women have a couple options. Never watch the NFL again or keep watching. Um, that's it. And the NFL is repeatedly said that. No, time and time again. This is nothing new. Um, you can clearly see that even Cleveland Brass wasn't fully comfortable with it because during normal signings, the owner and the GM are there. Or the owner and the team president are there. They weren't there when Deshaun Watson, the press conference happened. They weren't there. That shows you a little something, something right there. And on the Baker aspect, uh, Baker just got to get over it. When they, there was an opportunity to get a top five quarterback in his prime, it was available. Get it done. You have the defense. You have the running game. Get it done. So I fully understand why they – he became available. Go get him. Somebody was going to go get him. Cleveland did what needed to be done. Baker can sit there all day and say, oh, this was disrespectful. Uh, yeah, it was. So was you putting out bad tape. But also, this ain't Baker's fault all the way because we've also discussed Baker should never been drafted number one in the first place. Okay, so I, I want to stop and talk about Baker for a minute. So one of the things that still like baffles me is just what you said. Baker was not the top quarterback in that draft. If we go back and redo the draft, Baker is the third quarterback taken off the board every time. And he might not even be a top five person drafted. And it's not disrespectful to say that because when it happened, both of us were like, no, Baker's not number one. We assumed Sam Darnold was going to be drafted number one. Um, but, like, there was no part of it that said Baker should have been the number one pick. But he also get, – he gets so much flack for it. And it's like – but he wasn't the best – like, we all know that he's not that type of guy. They drafted what they thought fit – them best and would work for the city of Cleveland. I wholeheartedly believe that the Baker Mayfield decision was not just a on the field decision. And when you look at it, the charisma that he has, the commercials, the um the chip on his shoulder that he had, um all of those things played into the city of Cleveland more than I feel like Josh Allen would have done, more than Sam Darnold would have done, more than Josh Rosen would have done, more than Lamar Jackson would have done. All of those things led to the reason why they drafted Baker, that it's not just on the field as to why they did it. And what's more, more frustrating to me is I heard Bart Scott on ESPN one day saying that he didn't think that Baker was one of the 30 be 32 best quarterbacks in the world right now. And I was like, how? Like, how are – I'm fine with Cleveland's decision to move on, move off of Baker to get Deshaun Watson. I understand that. I even – I also understand Baker being like, yo, this is mad disrespectful. Like, y'all legitimately told me Y'all wanted me to be the guy, even though you came out and told Chris Mortensen you wanted an adult in the room. I also understand that as someone who is a big Baker supporter, I know that Baker has had an up and down career. He had the really great rookie season. He fell off the following year. The following year, he had a high he was really low when obj was out there and then he went high when obj went out he led that team to the playoffs and then was effective in that first playoff game 
and push the Chiefs in the second playoff game. And then you have this season where he gets hurt, what, week two? Mm-hmm. And played hurt the entire season, had to miss games because he had a torn labrum. And for some reason, we're still like, oh, he, he was so horrible. He was hurt. Like, if anybody else plays in that situation, there would be grace given. But because of Baker's personality, it doesn't fit that way. And so on top of all of that, we're in a position where Baker doesn't have anywhere to go. And I think there are two big reasons as to why Baker doesn't have anywhere to go. The first one is people don't really like Baker's personality. He's brash. He's arrogant. He has a chip on his shoulder that he doesn't necessarily need the chip on his shoulder anymore. Like you made it to the NFL, like brush it off. You're an NFL quarterback now. I'm not faulting the people who say that. And so his personality has caused problems. The second thing is the league shifted over the course of this offseason in a way that nobody could have foreseen. No one could have foreseen. Because, Willie, at the end of February, we looked at the NFL. We could have said, okay. And this apply- what's funny is it applies to Jimmy Garoppolo, too. You have Denver available. You have probably Atlanta available. Houston might be available. Um, The commanders are available. The Colts are going to be available. Um, New Orleans will probably be available. Um, There are all these options out there for these different, for a player, for a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or, um, Baker Mayfield and then net tap ran dry like that it was oh yeah there are places for Baker to go and now it's just the Panthers and the Seahawks that's it at a point where there were like six or seven teams that could have actually used a quarterback now it's two and neither of those two are actually viable options for Baker Mayfield like he can go and try and like ball out this year but both of those teams are bad in divisions that are not going to lend themselves for him to have success. And so it still just kind of baffles me the idea that Baker is not one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL in the world, because I feel like at any given point, the NFL has 32 best quarterbacks in the world. That's what we're dealing with. And Baker is just at a point where he's probably going to end up not on a team or in a backup role and it's not fair but life ain't fair so it worked out i do believe box scott went way over the top saying he's not one of the best 32 quarterbacks currently in the league i think that's just egregious beyond egregious actually daniel jones i mean yeah like we're clearly living in a world where daniel jones exists but we live in a world where mitchell trubisky is currently a starting quarterback but okay Baker Mayfield ain't top 32. Okay, fine. The way to that, way out there by Bart Scott. Just, yeah, definitely way out there. I think he'll end up on the team. It's just, it's just, just a simple waiting game. Just a simple waiting game. Cleveland still thinks somebody's going to trade for him. We know you're not finished. There's no point in trading for him. There's nothing. There's no reason to. We know you're going to, you eventually have to release the kid. That's just what it is. So get it over with. Get it done before the draft. Like get this done. Get this done. This the same energy you had to go get Deshaun Watson. You need to let the boy go. He don't deserve this. I'm not saying he shouldn't be replaced with Deshaun Watson. You got a chance to go get Deshaun Watson, man. Okay, fine. But for you to just leave the kid out to dry, and he's just dangling, and he has, and he technically is unemployed. Uh, that ain't that ain't cool, man. That's not cool. That's and that's, you signed backups. And then you, yeah, you signed backups. Like, dude, come on, let the boy go. Let the let, like, like you said, it's only a couple teams he can realistically go to. He can go challenge up there in Seattle with Drew Locke. He can go challenge Sam Donner. He can go over there. Um, even uh, even even though it's an outlier, he can even go back home to Houston to to, to Texas and try to challenge for the. 
the Houston job, try to challenge David Mills. Let 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 the come on, y'all. This this is this is unprofessional. This is unprofessional. Going to get the quarterback, I get it. I understand it. It's business. You're trying to win games. You only got a certain amount of window. I get it. At the same time, I let the kid go. Let the kid go. He don't deserve not this. Not this. It's been a wild offseason. There's been a lot of stuff that has gone on and up, down, around, across. Never thought I'd see a lot of what happened. But I am very, very excited for the new NFL season because I know that this is going – this offseason has led to us having an amazing, amazing 2022-2023 season. And so we're going to see what happens from there. But next, we are going to talk about the draft. So now we are going to talk about the draft, which is a little bit later this week. Really excited about it. It is one of my favorite weekends of the year. I know it's one of Willie's favorite weekends of the year. And so what we're going to do first is allow Mr. Wheeler to give his, if he was the GM, how he would run things. Because one of the things I can honestly say about Willie Wheeler is he has an exceptional eye for talent and an exceptional eye for that dude is trash and you should not do it. It it has amazed me for years that he has called multiple people that he has watched in college and said it's not going to work be it Mitchell Trubisky be it Jared Goff Daniel Jones he's really good at quarterbacks but other players as well and so I yield the floor to you sir to go over your top 10 players and the way that you would draft if you actually had control yourself all right all right thank you thank you AP yes there is, it's mainly on quarterbacks. It is where I think a player is trash or not. Um, so we're going to start off at the top with the Jacksonville Jaguars. As AP knows, uh, some of you may know on social media, I'm a big enthusiast on offensive linemen, even though I'm nowhere near the size of an offensive lineman. And I believe in protecting your best investment. Your best investment right now is Trevor Lawrence. So we're going to go. Neil, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Protect your investment. Protect Trevor. You don't want happen to him what happened to Joe Burrow in his rookie year. Let's protect our investment. This opens up the door at number two for a pick that I think will put at the pick between what's the best football decision and what's the best money decision. Detroit, let's call it what it is. The stadium probably ain't seen too many sellouts. We got to put butts in seats. You just got to put butts in seats. That's part of your job you have to think about as a GM. So we're going to go Hutchinson out of Michigan. Do I think he's that good? I'll be honest. No, I don't. Do I think he's going to translate? No, I don't. I don't think he's garbage, but I don't see Hall of Famer. And picking number two overall, you want a Hall of Famer. But with him coming out of Michigan after the big season Michigan had, him going to the Lions will be a really good look. He'll put butts in seats. And sometimes that's exactly what you need. Leads us to number three. Houston Texans, by most accounts, AP, you can correct me if I'm wrong, seems Houston wants to at least try to build around Mr. Davis Mills. And as you know, like I said, back to number one, protect your, protect your assets. So we're going to go with the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, Mr. Cross, which leads us to the Jets. And you know I have a saying, bear going to bear, jet going to jet, cowboy going to cowboy. But I think the Jets are going to play it smart here. I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of this player either. And I saw a little bit of them at, well, not a little bit, more than a little bit, with Oregon being one of the teams I do watch consistently. 
And that's the edge rusher out of Oregon, Mr. Kavon Thibodeau. Not a big fan of him. I'm not. But I do believe with Robert Sala over there, he's looking for his Joey Bosa type. This could potentially be that. Do I see it happening? Not necessarily. But I think he can be a good, solid player. Which leads us to the Giants. They can't block either. They can't block me. They can't block my two-year-old son. They can't block a dead cockroach. Nate Soldier, I think, is no longer with the team with that ugly contract. So I've received him replacing him with the tackle at the NC State, Mr. Icky. Fun fact about Mr. Icky, he used to want to be a running back way back in his youth. Coach wasn't having it. I think the Giants will be rather happy with this particular pick right here. Which leads us to the Panthers. This was a this was a difficult decision. I went with a fit because right here, it, it was a toss-up between Mr. Stingley and this person that I did have them select. With the loss of Hassan Riddick going to the Eagles, Brian, Mr. Burns on the other side needs some help. So we're going to go with Trevon Walker out of Georgia, edge rusher. Now, leads us back to the Giants, Lord bless it. Now they got some blocking. The defense was okay. They played hard at times, but uh, so I gave him the best corner left on the best corner on the board, Mr. Stingley, cornerback out of LSU. I think he'll be great for him. As a Cowboys fan, I'm not happy to say this, but I think Mr. Stingley will do rather well. CeeDee Lamb better get your um, Better get that lunch pail ready, son. Better get that lunch pail ready. Which lead us to the Falcons. Now, this is probably my wildest pick out of the top ten, because in most of my drafts and most of your you look most of your player boards, this kid is not going in the top ten at all. In fact, he came off a broken ankle last year. And that's Drake London, at the USC. Why am I picking Drake London? I'll be honest. To be totally honest with you. He was highly productive, and the kid is 6'5". You pair him, you put him on one side, you put Mr. Kyle Pitts on the other side, defense, you got problems. Mr. Pitts is 6'6", Mr. London 6'5". That's a tough duo to deal with. I love it. Which leads us to the Seahawks. <sighs> Ever since that infamous play call of not running the football. Nothing has been the same. You have a quarterback, let's, who also I told AP was garbage, and he is garbage. You got to start on the defensive end. Bring, let's start back, bring back the Legion of Boom, Sauce Gardner, cornerback, Cincy. Jets. This player, from what I saw with the tape, this this kid will be special. I really like this guy. I'll be honest. I, this, this guy I really like. The only problem is I feel like he may be ruined because he's going to the Jets. But we're going to go with it. Kyle Hamilton, safety, Notre Dame. That, that's, that's my top 10. You heard my reasons why. Mr. AP, what are your thoughts on my 10? I think that your top 10 is really good. Um, I appreciate that you did it from your perspective. I know that we're, we're going to go into what we actually think is going to happen. But I do agree that like a lot of what you said made sense. Um, one of the funny things to me was um, – for the Giants, you had uh, did you you had Icky right? Mm-hmm. It's so funny because in my mind I'm like, yep, Giants are gonna go for um, offensive line, despite the fact that it just don't work. Like if there was ever a team that just doesn't need to try and draft or get offensive linemen, it's the Giants because every year they try to improve it and every year it fails miserably like yeah, how are y'all so bad at this they suck oh dear god they suck. 
and you keep getting new coaches. Like it's not like it, it's not like it's been the same offensive line coach that it's just been bad. Like, how do y'all keep hiring bad offensive line coaches? Like, what's going on there that your offensive line just has not gotten better? Exactly. Um, and so I am going to give my mock draft of what I actually think is gonna happen. Um, and then you will give what you think is actually gonna happen, and we'll go from there. I did agree with you more likely than not. Our number two picks were the same. So this is my mock draft, my top 10. Um, I have Kayvon Thibodeau going number one. I don't remember where, but I feel like I saw that the Jags weren't as impressed with Hutchinson as they were at, with Thibodeau. So I was like, okay, I can see them like making a decision to go Thibodeau. I think that the Jags are more of a um, – best available not necessarily best fit type of organization and so they will go with what they think is the best available player and i don't believe that they will think that their offensive line needs the help that it does number two i have aiden hutchison who for all intents and purposes seems to be the consensus best player in the draft um in a draft that is not necessarily star studded it's a good draft but it's not a, oh my gosh, what is going on? We have to get these specific players type of draft. Um, and I think that that is a major factor in what happens with this particular draft. And number three, I have Houston going with Evan Neal as a means of protecting Davis Mills or whoever they have back there. Because I do believe that they think that at this point, it is a big necessity to get there to have their quarterback taken care of at number four i have drake london i do believe that the jets at this point need to get a wide receiver um they need to make a splash they need something for zach wilson to do if they cannot get a better option i do believe that they will go wide receiver um the giants i agree with you they're going to draft a offensive lineman it's not gonna work but they're gonna do it so i have them drafting charles cross at number six i have the first quarterback of the year going off the board i have the panthers selecting malik willis because i feel like they're gonna be like we gotta get a quarterback we gotta do it no you don't like you're bad you're just bad like just accept it. Like, run this thing out with Sam Darnold. Like, you made the decision to make this happen. At that point, like, move on from Sam Darnold. Basically, squash this season. Get one of the better guys next year. And, like, go with what – like, at this point, I believe that it will be a better decision to draft Icky – or another like another offensive lineman to build up your line, protect Christian McCaffrey, and just roll with the idea that we're going to like get a quarterback next year. What if even if we play well, if we win our division and like do great, we will trade up. But our goal is not to get a quarterback this season. Our goal is to get a quarterback next year, whatever that looks like. Um, but I do believe that they are going to pick Malik Willis and they're going to be like, yeah, we got our quarterback and it's not going to work. Um, at number seven, the Giants, again, I did not realize they literally have five and seven. That is hilarious. I have them getting Derek Singley Jr. I think that they will try to improve their defense and make it work a little bit better. Um, what will be interesting is I saw the other day that Kadarius Tony is on, on the trading block now. And so that may change some of what they do if they can get um, some help somewhere else with that. At number eight, I was surprised that you went wide receiver for the Falcons for the reasons that you did. Because in my mind, I didn't think the Falcons would pick a wide receiver, but I am in my mind, I I thought it was a surprise because I have them picking Chris Olave because I'm like, well, you don't got Calvin Ridley and you have the worst wide receiving core of like, you know, all time. Like, I don't think that there's been worse. Like even the Lions last year somehow managed to make Amon St. 
Amon Ra St. Brown something. I don't know that you have anything to work with. So yeah, there's that. At number nine, I have Icky from North Carolina State going to the Seahawks as a means of shoring up their offensive line, considering the fact that they lost Dwayne Brown and other pieces and their offensive line just wasn't that great anyway. And finally, with the loss of um, Marcus May and just kind of not having a strong back end, I agree with you. And I have the Jets drafting Kyle Hamilton with the number 10 pick from Notre Dame. So that is my top 10 that I actually think is going to happen. Um, I, I am really looking forward to like seeing what happens because like we talked about before we got started today, I did a pretty good job last year on my picks. And so like, I'm really interested to see how well I do this year. Um, cause it, it feels good when it's like, Hey, I got that pick right. Um, even if it, one of the really interesting things, and it's always weird to me is even if I don't necessarily get the person right if I got the position right it still kind of feels like a win because like things change so like last year the Chargers selected an offensive lineman I don't remember who they selected but another offensive lineman had gotten taken off the board prior to what I thought they were going to do but they still went with offensive line so I was like I understood where where you were going if that makes sense Makes sense to me. Um, I think it was Mr. Slater that went, and I think he already made a Pro Bowl last year. Yeah. Um, I think that's who it was. And so I'll leave with my actual mock draft, what I think is actually going to happen, not if Willie has full control. Remember I said Jags are going to jag? Yep. Edge rusher Javon Walker out of Georgia goes to the Jaguars. That is who I have at number one. I, that's, I think they're going to go with a splash pick. I think they're going to go outside the box. I I think they're going to end up just doing too much. And so this that's my pick, which leads Hutchinson going to the Lions still. Uh, the Texans, instead of in my Willie draft, I had the Texans picking Cross. I have them picking Mr. Neal, so we agree there. Um, the Jets, in turn, since Walker and Hutch are now gone, they are left with Thibodeau, which I don't think they'll complain about, none whatsoever. Um, which leaves the Giants stuss picking Icky. We I had it in my Willie draft and also in the actual mock draft. They, they can't block. Like we both know, it's not going to work. Icky's probably not going to work out too well just because he's with the Giants. The Panthers, however, this is where I struggled. And I, know, and I told you before we started recording that I was struggling with the actual mock draft. This is where I struggled at because I did not know who to give them here. I did not know who to give to the Panthers because I refused to think they are going to be dumb enough to pick a quarterback with the number six overall pick. We saw this happen with Daniel Jones. I told you, AP, don't pick that dude there. The dude is garbage. They literally watched this happen. And I refuse to believe the Panthers are going to be dumb enough to pick a quarterback at six when literally just saw this a couple years ago. Wait till 2023. Get you CJ Stroud, who's going to be amazing. I'll tell you that right now. CJ Stroud will be amazing unless he goes to a team that has no blocking whatsoever. So I gave the Panthers Derek Stingley the pair, the pair with J.C. Horn. That's what I ended up doing. I gave him Stingley. You're going to pair with J.C. Horn, who's coming off the injury last season. Two young corners to build around, to give them what they need on the defensive end. The Giants, in a knee-jerk reaction, which I can't blame them for, the Giants pick Sauce out of Cincinnati. Like I said, C.D. Lamb, get your lunch pail ready, son. The Falcons, I actually did give them a wide receiver. I did not give them Drake London in my mock draft. I have them picking Mr. Garrett out of Ohio State. Good route runner. They just lost a route runner because he won to bet on NFL games. So 
I give them a wide receiver. They try to give Mr. Kyle Pitts some help. Falcons, I think we are, I think every mock draft I've seen got the Falcons going wide receiver. We all know what's going to happen. Which leads us to the Seahawks. Now that Gardner and Stingley is gone, and I could see a potential with them trading back to maybe get a corner, the corner out of Clemson. I forgot his last name, but I got them going cross out of Mississippi State, like you said, with the loss of Dwayne Brown. Which leads me to the Jets still picking Kyle Hamilton. They need a safety, point blank, period. They Well, they actually need a football team, but that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, the, that is what we believe is going to happen. Um, it is going to be a very fun weekend. Um, we are looking forward to it, and we want to say thank you for listening to the All Purpose NFL Podcast. We will be back soon with new episodes. Um, be looking for those. And as always, have a good one.